All right, welcome back to the fire, everybody. Uh, Gray Man Stitch here with uh, my fabulous co-host, Mike the Noob. The Noob held. I'm counting up my experience points. Soon, yeah, keep track. I will be a novice. Well, we'll get there soon. Well, we'll that, that'll be our our experience point counter. Maybe we'll get a Discord channel. Right. Uh, just, Each just, episode, he gets so five much experience. experience. Points. Yes, you need seven thousand experience to become a, a, novice. a novice. Well, I mean, as long as you're keeping track. No, I so, thought you were. Right. Right. Oh. Okay. Um, good. Shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, as I write this down, mental note. Well, we have a great episode today. Uh, Again, we're going over more classes in D&D 5e. Mm-hmm. We had a fun one with some expansion material last episode. But this episode, we're going back to the back to the basics. Back to the regular, you know, non-expansion classes. And uh, the cr- class we're going over this time would be Druid. The Earthy Druid. Oh, yeah. Mm, mm, wild wildlife druid I, I got my incense burning to get in the mood you probably see a little bit of the smoke coming I threw all of my metal shields into the fire that seems wasteful we could have sold those well I don't want them well, I don't need them we still could have sold them what the druids gotta eat no I don't, live off I, don't, the woods. I don't even believe in money I'm uh, that kind of druid Okay, I'm definitely not that. I have wares to sell, <laughs> as you'll see. Uh, so, because we're going over Druid, we're, we have a great guest with us today, old friend of Mike and I's, mm-hmm. uh, going back to our Franctuary days, uh, yeah. Miss Erica Harding. Erica, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing fantastic. Good, good. Uh, Happy to thanks. have you with us. Yeah, good to see you. Thanks for coming yeah. on. Of course, I can talk about D and D and all of the classes and all of the races for days on end. So mm. I'm glad I'm here to talk about my favorite. Sounds perfect. We will just soak in all the knowledge from Erica and Ethan, <laughs> and I will. Uh, I, I don't know. I think try Eric, to learn. Erica might be getting more experience than me nowadays with her other activities that she's been doing D and D related. Uh, yeah, we'll have to talk about that later. Hmm. But Erica, why don't you give us a bag? Why don't you give us a general rundown on um, what got you into Dungeons and Dragons uh, from the get? Just kind of a yeah. reference point and what your experience in Dungeons <clears throat> and Dragons is in general. So, reference point of how I got into Dungeons and Dragons was a bunch of coworkers um, at a restaurant wanted to start playing and. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, I just wanted to hang out with a boy that I really liked. Mm, um, that's how it starts. So, <laughs> it's always how it um, is. Romance. Yeah. Needless to say, he did end up playing with us, but still ended up hosting the game at my house. Um, this is probably about three, three, maybe four years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Something like um, that. And we just kind of started playing. None of us really knew the roles of anything going in first game uh we're now three campaigns later still playing did the whole like oh, Zoom thing during covid wow uh now play in my backyard whenever time allows and has now 
transformed into a bunch of other outlets and different campaigns that I play with a bunch of other people. But, That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really like dove into everything uh, during the whole shutdown. Yeah. And- well, I mean, and, and we've we've talked to other people about that, too, where it's some some people, you know, they either had stepped away from it from their past and then during you know covid and everything like that they kind of came back to it because that was the only way that they that they could connect with you know their friends mm-hmm. um you know and other people that just they start whole new passion projects because they get back into it or they get more into it than they were and then mm-hmm. you know you're just sitting at home able to plan all this stuff and and try to do zoom and all this other stuff to get to get stuff going and uh you know it's kind of cool to see that things like that have turned into, you know, a true passion versus just kind of a, a hobby, you know? Yeah. And, I, and that's the thing that was like, I come from a theater background. Like I went to school for performance and acting and directing and story writing. Mm-hmm. So like to now find that outlet in D and D and creating these fantasy worlds and these fantasy characters mm-hmm. uh, has really helped make the, give a little de-stress from the rest of the week. Uh, and that's always how it is. That's always how it starts with uh, your coworkers being like, Hey, do you just want to hang out? We were going to play D and D. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's pretty much what it was. It's, it's always something like that. I feel that that brings you into the group, which is a great thing about the community, but we're, we're definitely glad to have you on and bring this plethora of experience into the fold uh, as we go over druids today yeah i'm Um, excited so the first half of our episode we're gonna get back Uh, i know last week we were a little bit all over the place because we were doing some expansion material but uh the first half of our episode today we'll go over what races we picked for our druids since we all built some druids and then after a quick break and trip to the snack zone we'll go over what perks and uh, how we're going to build our druid as, as we go through a campaign. Uh, So Mike, why don't you start us off with what race did you pick for your druid? So mine was kind of just like snuck up on me. I didn't realize I was going to do this until (laughs) um, I mean, pick this class because I was thinking a bunch of different ways, but I decided to go with uh, one called shifter Okay. Um, and I believe that it came out in one of the uh, actual D&D um, kind of expansions. I think it was either, what is it, UA or? I think it might be UA. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, I think it was UA that it came out. But the whole idea behind them is that they are this sort of animalistic look, but they have the ability ability to shift and they have different sub races that give you different perks. Um, so it just kind of felt right that they were these kind of, um, have these like animal features based off of what you, what your kind of sub race is and, uh, kind of really built into the story that I was thinking up for the Druid that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went with, went with them no, shifter. A, a little redundant. How, how so? A druid shifter? Yeah, a druid shifter. 
I half, don't half, judge me. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. You judged me. No, I no, saw no. it. I'm just saying druids naturally shift. So you're, right. just, you're yeah. just doubling down on that. So I'm no judge. This is not a judgment. I'm just stating as as we have said in previous episodes. Yes. It's the background story that matters. Yeah, I agree. One hundred and ten percent. There you go. Just shifty. <laughs> shifty. Just shifty. That's good. I'm a shifty shifter. Yes. So I d- shift. Does things. this this race as a shifter mm-hmm. does that uh, come with anything in particular for that race? Any perks or anything? Yeah. So the the one thing that I always love, and you know I love it, is dark vision. Uh, you gotta have dark vision always gotta have dark vision always gotta have it um and then the the reason that i chose the shifter as well is because the shifting that you take on as that race Mm -hmm. won't go into any of your um oh why can't i remember the name the the wild shaping yes it, because it's a bonus action instead of a wild shaping. So I would have both options right. with, with my class, which is what I really liked. Um, and I ended up actually picking the wild hunt um, so, sub race. So you're a Wendigo. This is what I'm getting out of this conversation. A so little far. bit, a little bit. Tiny, what, tiny what's, bit. what's your alignment exactly? Well, uh-huh. <laughs> This doesn't sound good. It's it's a little complicated. So, and and we can get into this with my backstory. But basically, the whole idea for my character was that he was a merchant, mm-hmm. like a half not a halfling, but a uh, like a half elf merchant mm-hmm. when he was alive, and then on a merchant trip, he was killed and then the phase in the wild mm-hmm. brought him back to life gotcha gotcha and that that was magic changed him into a shifter race right okay i can understand that was this uh merchant company called the donner party <laughs> um i didn't think that far into it okay i just i think i think it's the uh yeah, no, it can be the Donner Party. That okay. works. I just, you know, bring it all, bring it all together. So, uh, because you basically, as a shifter, you get that extra almost wild shape for the right. most part, mm-hmm. based off of that. What, what are the, what are your ability modifiers that you're going to get? Is there anything like dexterity or anything that you get some bonuses in? Yeah. So with with shifter in general, you get a dexterity increase, just right. one. And then with the wild hunt, you get uh, wisdom increase two, which is what I was really aiming for because that's a big for spell druids, modifier yeah. for druids. Um, and then the other good part that I liked is with the shifting, if you're in your shifted form as a shifter, you get an advantage on whatever check you have your modifier with. So in this case with wild hunt, when I'm in my shifted form as a shifter, I get a, a advantage on all wisdom checks. Okay. And that's when you're in your shifted form, not your 
wild shape form. Right. Okay. So that's definitely something you'd have to pay close attention to. Yeah, it's going to get confusing. I would not want to be that DM necessarily. <laughs> uh, so what, since you have those modifiers and obviously the saving throws are going to reflect that as well, what, what, are, what are the skills that you're going for? The skills. Um, so it, with Shifter, you also get uh, perception mm-hmm. automatically. And then with the Wild Hunt, you get survival. So, you know, I went with those two and then the Druid itself comes with two more, I believe. So with those, I was going to go with animal handling and I think, yeah, I was going, um, nature. Okay. Really like I'm going hard into Druid right now. Right. Which is understandable (laughs) given everything. I mean, you got your, your Druid circles stuff like that that's going to mm-hmm. play greatly into that kind of thing and obviously leaning towards nature is going to be almost second nature hey for a druid yeah uh so other than that that's the general thing mm-hmm. when it comes down to your race and all those stuff we'll get more into your class choices as we you know we come back But why don't we move on to Erica's Druid. And Erica, what kind of uh, race did you pick to match with your Druid? Uh, So I was going a little off basic, um, but still like something that is a part of when you sign up for like D&D Beyond, you get certain expansion packs that are just with the D&D Beyond. Um, So I chose... Water Genasi. See, um, I was going to choose that, but then I was like, no, I'm going to do Shifter because I want to be weird. As soon as you started talking, Mike, I was like, like, so help me God, if we chose the same race, <laughs> I would like be doing like some quick edits and like <laughs> pull up a different Druid. That's that why I, I did it. I did. I did it for you. I knew deep down that, that was, someone was going to pick it and I was going to be like, I'm that right. guy hey, that I didn't, didn't, I mean, didn't check in. The Genasi race in general, before you even go into the sub races, kind of calls to Druid because they are from the elements. They are from the elemental plane. Um, They're descendants from all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I chose Water Genasi um, is mainly based on what increases you get because every sub race has a different increase. Right. Um, so with Druid, it being your uh, spellcasting modifier is based on your wisdom, I chose water because uh, you mm. get a, a little little bump there. Um, a little whizzy bump. Yeah, little water, little, little water wisdom. Yeah, little bump wisdom there water. For, the, uh, for the wisdom. And then naturally you get a plus two to constitution, which is actually super important going to things. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, she's just like this beautiful, lovely uh, water genasi who just like looks a little damp all of the time. Just, like, just, just always the like, hair is just a little moist. Yeah, like she always looks like she just walked out of the shower. Right. Uh, or which just is, got out of a pool. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Um, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, 
but yeah, no, she's just this this lovely lovely human being. And there's like some other like well, she's a water genasi, right? Yeah. Sure. So she's a she's a she's a, a humanoid, lovely a humanoid, humanoid being. being. Yes, there we go. Right. Sorry, <laughs> humanoid. Uh, so but, obviously we you're getting your wisdom bonus from that. Yeah. Based on the subjects, what what skills did you go with for your water genasi? <clears throat> oh, skills. Yes. Um. Sorry, I'm around. Um. So skills that I chose for her um are in uh nature and perception mm-hmm. she gets two skills um which i feel like are super useful and like just knowing the seeing how <clears throat> things are around her and then also keeping in touch with life in general mm-hmm. um when it comes to nature uh one thing also to mention about the water genasi is that I do have an acid resistance, which okay. is super cool. That's and definitely helpful. Any resistance is awesome. <clears throat> yeah. And they can both breathe air and water. Mm-hmm. So any water mm-hmm. instances, they are totally fine. Don't have to worry about. And do they... Or not. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think water genasi have same movement speed in water as well, right? same swim speed as as Mm -hmm. as um regular movement speed so yeah that's pretty nice as well Mm -hmm. right because i think that's like normally half right whenever you are swimming if you don't if you don't have a proficiency in that swim yes because it's considered difficult terrain difficult so yes uh there's also like some other fun things that come with the genasi race is that you have built in spells and you have built-in cantrips as well Mm -hmm. um that you just inherently know okay so like i inherently know shape water and then as you get further in the levels you learn a few more things which is awesome oh so that would be on top of your Mm -hmm. other ones ones. right that's that's kind of nice it is cantrips are always nice (laughs) yes free stuff always nice free stuff always good Especially yeah. when it plays to your strengths mm-hmm. for your class and what you're going for. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty awesome. It's yeah. great. Seems like a great race for some druids activities. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the race that I went with personally was a tabaxi. Mm-hmm. Just because fun. I think that'd be big old kitty cat. Pretty cool as a druid to be like instead of just a regular tabaxi being like uh, a tabaxi that's high on catnip all the time that makes me so excited it's as such a an druid. underrated race high on yeah. catnip all the time and can shape into other animals yes like a tabaxi is not enough right exactly I don't like being a tabaxi well it's I want to be a great eagle it, it's just one of those things where he's just he's so high that he just kind of fell into being a druid because he started <laughs> he started channeling the magic by accident almost and he shaped and he for his first wild shape just going out and because going he was, in, he was hallucinating yeah going out in the wilds and having crazy hallucinations on drugs yes 
So obviously <laughs> to Baxi, um, the racial traits like off the back dark vision, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, cat's claws, of course. Got to have the claws on the cat. Meow. Exactly. That extra <laughs> claw damage on unarmed strikes. Uh, I like the feline agility where my reflexes and agility will allow me to move with a burst of speed. Um, you can double your speed until the end of my turn and stuff like that. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Definitely adds a little bit to what I can do in combat. And then obviously the, the a cat's talent, uh, proficiency and perception and stealth, which I think would be pretty useful, especially like in the wild, you know, trying to do the hunting thing and stuff. The other mm-hmm. things that I went for were nature and animal handling just to kind of lean into the druid aspect of it. Because if I already have per- perception, stealth and survival proficiencies, um, nothing else really made sense to mm-hmm. add into that. And a tabaxi gets a wisdom modifier as well which is obviously a big thing with druids, as we've been saying, and an intelligence model, uh, proficiency as well. So I oh, think cool. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty surprisingly, well, when I was looking into it, the tabaxi was very okay geared towards a druid, mm-hmm. which kind of surprised me a little bit because like you and Erica, there's definitely races that are going to lean harder into it, but Tabaxi actually fit pretty well into the mold. Right. Yeah, when when I was even looking at it, it's sort of the thing where you want the wisdom because you need that for a lot of the spells. But you know, then it it really matters more of you know how do you want to fight? Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to be up close or are you going to try to hang back and just throw spells at people? Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, that kind of determines where you move or if you're thinking of going into, you know, secondary classes or anything like that, right? Um, you know, then those kind of drive those other modifiers. Because, um, yeah, I was I was looking at a bunch of them and I almost went with the lizard folk uh, because that just had a lot of cool things. And there's I think there's like a swamp style sort of um mm-hmm druid that seemed really cool and so that with like the lizard would have been really really awesome that's actually um, what i'm leaning towards the my oh, tabaxi there you go because <laughs> i don't know if you guys added or not but my boy's got a familiar i know yeah see that's the thing and my familiar is a young green dragon what and eventually Obviously, it'll become a great worm well i because of my DM background, I knew no one, no DM in the world is going to give a level one, 136 HP young green dragon with armor class of 18. No. So he's the runt of the litter that got tossed out that my mm. boy found on one of his hallucinogenic excursions. And he wild shaped into a lizard to start to raise this young green dragon. Oh boy. So it's not as strong as a normal young green dragon. But it's still it's still a young green dragon. I mean, it's still a dragon. It's still a dragon, bro. It's still a dragon. But he's like a pocket size young green dragon. Pocket size dragon. 
because he's a runt. Fresh out the shell. I don't know. For some reason, when you said that, I was thinking turtles. No, like a like a dragon, like egg. an egg. Yeah, shell. I mean, yeah, I got you now. It's just the first thing that popped in my head was like turtle power, dragon power. Well, obviously not. Just like a picture, that. like a little like newt hanging out of. Yes, yeah. basically, it's, it's a, a little a little newt that's like big, obviously bigger than the average newt, and has wings. <laughs> But still small enough, like like a mix between a parrot and a newt. Yeah, like just like crawls out of it, like your cloak hood. Yes. Like, yeah, that's what up. I was gonna say. It's like under your hood, or you have like hair that kind of flips up, and then it just hides underneath that hair flip and just pokes its head out whenever it wants. Pretty much, or like wraps wraps around my neck, and people just think it's like druid jewelry. That would be cool. And just oh, that's a really neat. That's a really neat looking dragon necklace. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Uh, Unfurls and flaps in their face. Oh, oh, it's a real dragon. But the 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 fact that it's a green dragon plays into the swamp thing as well. Mm. So, I think that's pretty cool. I, uh, I think all of our races obviously have perks because we have enough experience now to lean towards something that's going to perk. So that. That's mm-hmm. the big thing. It's like kind of what you were saying earlier, Mike, is when it, whenever you, whether you decide on the race first or the class first, always try to find something that's going to help you play, but also I should say something that you're going to enjoy to play, but also something that's going to naturally give you advantages. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, and we'll go over our individual backstories as we get into why our druid is the way it is. Um, a real backstory, it's going to bleed together. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's not necessarily metagaming whenever you pick something that's going to go with a druid class. It's just if you were naturally good at being a druid in the real world, would you not try to be a druid? So obviously there's going to be characters out there that are going to lean towards that. So the only time I really consider anything metagaming is whenever somebody like power levels and that's possible. Mm. You see it happen and Mm -hmm. it's still somewhat fun, but just picking a race that leans towards the pluses of a, of a class or a picking a class that leans towards the race you want to play isn't necessarily metagaming. Right. Well, playing to your strengths. And I've said this before, and I don't know, Erica, if you've had this experience with any characters you've built, but I almost find it easier to build everything out if I get an idea of a backstory first. Mm -hmm. So if I'm like, okay, this is my class I want to play. And this I'm thinking is the race. And then I think up a backstory, then that helps me kind of be like, oh, this subclass would work really well. And this sub race and this, you know, background and everything else that like really helps me in the creation process. Oh yeah. No, there's definitely the, the game that I'm, that I play right now. I think the DM and I essentially, I came to him with an idea of a character of like, this is how I kind of want to fit into this world. These are the ideas of class, race, whatever. And we kind of built it together of like how she would fit in. Um, And then realized 
later after watching multiple sessions of maybe how much the party wouldn't really enjoy this character, <laughs> which is so much fun to play. That's with. the fun, right? Yeah. Right. Like, it's that's if the you're fun a of char- it. Like if you have a character that's a jerk, it's but you're not a jerk in real life. It's fun to pretend to be a jerk. Yeah. And it's not that that this character is a jerk. It is that aspects of how she lives her life does not align with a lot of the party's morals Mm. and their incessant beliefs in a way. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, So it's, it's kind of fun. That, that also can be tricky, though, because then you also have to justify, just like in the real world, why is this person still with this party? Right. Right. If there's yeah. so much friction, there's got to be a reason why this person's either here or why they have to be there or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. So it can definitely mm-hmm. be interesting, but you also you can't necessarily play it too far to the one side. Or yeah. else it, there's no. No story and no growth. Right. Yeah. There's no growth, right. no story. And Everybody if, if has were, to work together. Right. If you were in the real world, you'd be like, hey, you're kind of a dick. <laughs> we really don't want to play with you anymore. I don't like <laughs> hanging out with dicks. So right. can you Why, stop being a dick? Can we do something else? So uh, now that we've gone over all the races that we picked, why don't we take a quick break, mm-hmm. put a couple logs on the fire, and when we come back, we'll... Obviously, after getting the fire a little higher, got to enter the snack zone. Snack zone. Yeah, we're we still, still have working to come on up it. with a song. Yeah, we're working on it. I got to figure it out. Well, yeah, you let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll make it, and then we'll just have to plug it in. Right. Soon. We's a strong <laughs> word. I'll have to plug it in. True. You will have to plug it in. All right. But it'll be so, easy. <laughs> we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the fire, everybody. We got some uh, some logs rolling and the fire going. Fire so going. So why don't we get to our snacks? Snack zone. That's Ba-na-na, right. Bow. Snack zone. Anyway, Mike, <laughs> since you're so excited about snack zone, why don't you tell us what your druid is going to be snacking on? So I. Just based off of the character that I was kind of building, there's a lot of fire around my character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was just thinking of like the stuff that I eat around fires and thought of like, you know how people they like wrap food in like banana leaves or like foil and they like put it under the embers of the fire. I'm I'm just imagining like yeah, I do a, that all the time. A big baked potato in like kind of fireproof leaves or very like fire resistant leaves and that's just like 90% of all the food that he ever eats is like here's the fire, bam, throw it in there, cook it up in the leaves. Nice hot meal. Whatever I throw in there, some onions, potatoes, little like mini shepherd's pie type thing thrown into it or whatever okay okay because it because it kind of 
with his backstory, as I was mentioning, he was a merchant that was always on the road. So he kind of got used to that. But then also now he uh, has with the powers kind of given to him with his resurrection, he now has uh, a bunch of fire skills. So he's easily able to set and do whatever he wants with fire. Mm-hmm. So he kind of just, that's what he does now. That's, that's the only way he can find nourishment really quickly. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, I don't know if there's anything called fireproof leaves, even in Dungeons and Dragons. Well, this is a magical world and we will figure it out. Ethan. I mean, we'll definitely figure it out. I'm just, but you know what I mean? Like the, the, you, you put the yeah, embers of off course. to the side and you the fireproof like, leaves that are just laying around. I you got shove you. Like the, like big old wrap things in like banana leaves or like, bamboo or something and you shove it under the ground right bamboo? under the embers i don't know obviously i know it's a thing i, I don't it know is what a thing but not use. bamboo i don't know what leaves they use but i do know it's a thing okay I'm pretty sure it's palm leaves but... I'm, there very, you go. Palm leaves, I'm very see? very sure it's palm leaves okay <laughs> palm leaves but it's definitely not bamboo the bamboo leaves are like an inch by like two inches some sort of greenery okay big old leaf getting wrapped around some food so basically this cooked up basically uses his nature attribute solely yep. to figure out which leaf is not going to burn exactly in his fire abilities as he cooks potatoes yep okay so uh, you're it's your character so erica yeah. Let's, let's get back to the world of reality here. <laughs> the world, the world of, of f- the fantastical world of fantasy reality. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, my character is very much like a a like raw fish eater, especially mm. as a water genasi. So like she would use uh, her shaped water to essentially like catch fish and bring them up to like. Nibble on them to like make like nice little like sushi, like a little like nigiri plate, sashimi or something. Yeah, little sashimi. Okay, get some like local grains. Use like the water to precisionally slice it just the way it needs to be. It's all the things. Okay, knows her way around the aquatic life. That completely makes sense, Erica. So your water genasi is a professional sushi chef. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which also goes into my background, but we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, other than fireproof leaves and sushimi chefs, I'm very mundane with my high cat. And he just eats a mix of dry fruit and jerky, sun-dried in wind tunnels sun dried in wind tunnels sun dried or in wind tunnels i should say oh okay and right. dried fruits came from mesopotamian tablets dating back to 1700 bc okay so you're going for so your tabaxi's got a little bit of the oldest known written oldest recipes known written recipes <laughs> Yeah, and he has a little pouch that he eats a piece of fruit mm-hmm. and gives his little green dragon a piece of meat as they just walking down the street. 
So I think that this would be good if we were all in a party because the water genasi could just like slice up whatever fish you want mm-hmm. and just like, here you go. Come here, kitty, kitty. Come get some of your, yeah. your sushi. Come on. So basically me and the water genasi are eating fantastic sashimi and dried fruit while you're looking at some fire embers, hoping a potato is fully cooked. Yep. And that you finally pick the right leaves that won't ignite instantaneously. Hey, hey, I'm a druid. I would know. It's, I would figure it out. I know something. And history, history of doing it a thousand times, you know? Hey, I'm, practice, a, I'm a fire. Practice makes I'm perfect, a fire, I guess. I'm a fire master. I got you. With cooking, cooking up food. I would say, uh, just based on the snag zone, I would love to see the three of us in a campaign of just like three druids. <laughs> two, two, two of you out like fishing, and the other dude, my guy, is just sitting off on his own, just like staring well, at the fire. Here's, just, here's, and you see it like I just imagine a camera looking at his eyes, and you see the flames the, like the flickering, of it. and he's got this like weird smirk on his face as it's cooking, and you're like, "What is that guy thinking? See, What's the, going on?" The other thing is half the reason why the method that you're describing was invented was to cook fish. Yeah, I didn't say I wasn't going to cook fish. No, you went for potatoes. Well, I, I, that's you're just making like baked potatoes. What I've done with that. Okay. I have not been fancy in real life. I'm just saying that they wrapped fish in palm leaves. Okay. <laughs> A lot of different meat and palm leaves, not just. Well, I'm just saying, like, the initial thing was they wrapped the fish in palm leaves that they got from the ocean. And cooked it in the embers of a fire. Okay. And you're I using gotcha. it on baked potatoes. Yeah. Juicy. Hey, baked potatoes. I don't know. I don't know why this is getting under my skin so much. It just is, Mike. And bananas. I'll put bananas in there. Oh. With your just baked potato. Bake, bake up some good. Yeah. Baked baked potato banana casserole. I'm just trying to make the most disgusting I, food that I you can think of. I was about to say, like, this literally, <laughs> my druid and your druid, the only thing we wouldn't dis- we'd agree on is not cooking that. <laughs> I would literally sabotage. I would, no, no, the other leaves. Yeah. Those dry, crinkly ones that probably light up real fast. You definitely need to use those. I don't know. This looked like maple. No, the, the, those don't cook up, though. It's not maple. It's special maple. You'd literally, you'd literally ask my guy to get you some leaves as I was foraging, and I'd come back with fucking pine cones, just cause. Like, what's this? Oh yeah, that, that's what you wanted. That'll work. We'll figure it out. Ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So now that we've uh, finished our interesting snack zone, why don't we move on? Uh, Mike, why don't you tell us? how your race and how you would build out your druid class based on your backstory. So, so kind of talking about my backstory, I had this idea of like, he was a merchant that was just killed on the side of the road and just thrown like in the woods and was found by the Fae that were in the area. Um, And then my idea was that he was like a merchant. And so they connected with him on the ethereal plane as he was in between 
both mm. life and death. And he basically kind of sold them on how good of a person he was. And then they eventually, you know, right towards the end of his right before he was unable to be revived or whatever, they revived him. And then, you know, in the transfer, he was transformed through their magic. And basically now he has all of these druidic powers that were kind of imbued into him from the resurrection uh, by the Fae. Um, And the sort of circle that he builds out of and kind of all the elements that he's more, you know, connected to our fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would be doing the uh, circle of wildfire, um, which has a lot of uh, super cool, like both healing and, you know, fire elements um, for a lot of the skills and uh, spells that you learn as you level up. Um, and I just, I just thought that that was kind of a really cool idea that, he used to not be this shifter or used to not be druidic. He was just kind of a normal, whatever kind of person that was a merchant and then eventually was resurrected. And now all of a sudden has all of these powers and um, has kind of been given this duty from nature that he duty. has to kind of <laughs> duty um, to like become this better than than who he was Mm -hmm. like he thought that he was selling them that he was a good person but they could see through it because they're you know druidic phase that have been around for hundreds of years that you know they they could see his true nature and so them bringing him back to life they knew that deep down he had this like spark or this flame of goodness in him that just had to be nurtured and so that's kind of where his journey has started right after he's resurrected and given this sort of, you must be a good person. You must do this sort of thing and, you know, protect the wilds with the powers that we've given you type thing. Right. Which is pretty cool. It's almost like that the, he sold himself as a protector of their area. And now they're giving him this chance to do that. And he's mm-hmm. also kind of, it's like semi getting revenge for the highway robbers that got him and right. You know, so on and so forth. Right. Um, what, uh, what kind of gear does, does this guy carry around with him? So he is going to have just a, I was going just basic with wooden shield and a scimitar. Okay. Just basic both, both ways. And then, uh, really kind of leaning into the whole like fire style of his, of the character, um, his druidic focus. I was imagining like a, uh, like what I was really imagining was that his shield could almost be like his druidic focus. And it's almost this like uh, branch, these branches like intertwined into almost like a shield or like a tiny little like, buckler Mm. but they were they're um all completely singed and kind of just blackened by fire and that has kind of like hardened them um you know almost like the i think it's like what is it called uh shoshugiban 
I think is that like style where you like burn the wood to like preserve it. Oh yeah. And it's yeah, like yeah. really black and almost like it, gray. Yeah. yeah. So I'm imagining like some, something like that, where if that's not his shield, he's maybe got this tiny little buckler or little, like, you know, kind of focus that he holds with like a tiny little handle. That's like a circle. And that is that like kind of burned emblem or whatever made out of like intertwined uh, branches. Right. Well, that's pretty dope. Yeah. I was excited. It seemed pretty cool. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so what what kind of weapons you start out with, if anything, just those two. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, so the wooden shield and the scimitar I would be starting out with. And then uh, the background I have was going to be a um, merchant background, but mm. that doesn't have necessarily any, any perks. Yeah. It doesn't have any like equipment bonuses, equipment either. bonuses much um, aside from kind of just, you know, a little bit of gold here. And like, I have traveling clothes. like that kind Right. Of- and though you could probably, use that in a campaign where you can explain why you might know somebody that could give you assistance in a city or something. Right. And the thing, the thing that's really tough for him is that his, he used to be like a half elf or something like that. And he has changed to look completely different because now he's like sort of in taking a completely different body form. Right. So, so then I was thinking, you know, like, that is his I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> that but, like he he knows people that are merchants or or right. people that are part of guilds, but they don't know him because they don't recognize his face anymore because his his body form has changed. Right. And that's what um, I mean by I think it'd be interesting in a campaign to be able to walk in and be like, I know you. Right. And, and kind of have that realization moment during a campaign given that you have a a background that's pretty different compared to what you are now right so that's definitely going to be fun to play and the and the the background i did pick was a a guild merchant which is also kind of like the guild artisan um but you get a letter you have a letter that introduces you to whatever guild you are part of um for you know, selling if you're a merchant. Um, so that would be the only thing that would kind of like show that he is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. So it would be this kind of like, you know, I have proof. This is who I am. I have memories of us being together and, and you know, doing jobs or whatever. But, you know, do people believe him because he looks completely different? And now is all of a sudden magical when he wasn't before, you know, and like all sorts of kind of really cool ways to play off of that. Yeah, uh, that's definitely uh, a fun backstory to play around with, especially with the Druid build, the way that you you have it set up. So, Erica. Yes. What is uh, your backstory in uh, Perks? Yeah, so I... So the backstory that I have is that she uh, has always been traveling. They travel the waterways. They find their way through to different towns and kind of assess how like the 
the water life is working. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that is going well, that is going great, that is horrible. And that is how like sh- her tribe fixes it. Um, so I chose as my background as an outlander, um, which does give a few different perks. Mm. Um, as in she is someone that can literally find food and sustenance in any given situation. They have been both by the waterways and also not by the waterways. Um, and is also musically talented and also knows a few different languages. Right. So it gives her the chance to kind of um, the one language that she like held onto was celestial. So she found uh, a love for speaking in different um, what is the word that I'm looking for? Like different tongues or different? Yeah, different tongues, but also like in a very um, sanctified manner. Mm. <clears throat> that what she does mm-hmm. is always has like some sort of like ritual behind it. So uh, it's, like, it's almost almost like she pulls the celest- celestial accent into other things. Yes. Uh, so that's kind of like how she works and like what she does within her like she is the, the 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 voice of the heart of the people. Mm-hmm. Like she is the one that kind of travels along and like and is empathetic and does all of these things. And as mm-hmm. I like travel through different towns and does all of their things and kind of drifts apart to find her own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's like, so not only is she an outlander, kind of unknown to the places she's in but she's almost an outcast from her tribe is that kind of what you mean exactly like she wants to be independent mm-hmm. but also wants to continue to help the way that she's helped within her traveling nomads okay cool. um so that has led to a few different things where like she was like where we're talking about proficiencies like that brings perks to proficiency and athletics mm-hmm where she may not be the strongest person um, whenever it comes to things, but knows how to lift with agility and with torque and like angle mm-hmm. to make things work right. better. Uh, what kind of, what kind of uh, weapons such are you using given this kind of uh, sanctified uh, water? Day so she, <clears throat> so she actually only, uh, travels with a quarter staff. Okay. So she's a quarter staff, which is also her druidic focus. Um, so at the top okay. of the druidic focus is this like aquamarine kind of water uh, crystal that sits above it. Mm-hmm. But it's both cool. her weapon and what she uses to help along the way. Pretty cool. Very, uh, very utilitarian. Yes, yes. Druid. <laughs> Uses, uses the quarter staff for right. everything. Yeah. She has a shield if she needs a little extra leverage. But other than that, like she she travels fairly light. Mm. Like she just has like the adventuring kit with mm-hmm. her little little bedroll, little cooking ware, but is the, very the uh, basics. The yep. very basic of like backpacking. Yeah. <laughs> uh she's backpacking <laughs> so. across the world. Yes. That's definitely pretty cool. 
Uh, it definitely could be a fun, like, very, like, helpful hand type of druid background, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty cool. That's it, more yeah. to the roots of what a druid is supposed to be, the the helpful person. Yeah. Like, like a mm-hmm. natural uh, homegrown paladin that doesn't get stuck on rituals. <laughs> and, <laughs> and kind of somebody who just very resourceful kind mm-hmm. of figures everything out that is needed to work and to survive and then yeah. does that you know right. and finds ways to to do things that maybe they don't have the strength to do or maybe they don't have the knowledge to do but they figure out how to do it anyway right yeah and i feel like that's like half the reason like why she taps so much into or like why i built her the way to tap into like the celestial language Right. Is that mm-hmm. she knows how to do the rituals when it comes to those points in time. Right. But it's not her like bread and butter. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like she would rather try as weak as she is to <laughs> lift like this cart that just turned over Dang. with her quarter staff and shield and like figure it out. Then mm-hmm. right. to ritually cool. like command yeah, really it cool. to do its thing. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, honestly, that kind of plays off of how I kind of went with my build and my guy's backstory. Um, my my guy is a folk hero, so he always has a good, always a good rustic, one. rustic hospitality. But he, he's only a folk hero because he like he's just like a wanderer, like being a tabaxi, just kind of like goes from place to place and kind of does his own thing. And he became a folk hero just by helping people and like like the the wandering like the man with no name wanderer right. type thing. the wanderer yeah yeah I, that kind of character is always awesome yeah so i did that but he became a druid uh in the swamp area so mm-hmm. that's where he also met the runt of a green dragon as he was uh high on shrooms in the swamp ethan as your DM, yes, I wish you would have talked to me about this. Uh, as a DM with experience, <laughs> at, at least I made him a runt and not an actual young an green actual, dragon. Okay, okay, because I, I wouldn't even have to fight. <laughs> right, as a dragon, level go. One. Go ahead and get him, dragon. You have one hundred and thirty-six points of HP. You just dump all your stats into <laughs> into being sure that your animal handling rolls are like as maxed On out as point. possible. Well, he's my familiar, so it's a little <laughs> different. But uh, because I became a druid in the swamp, I'm doing the circle of the land as like mm. my back, and uh, I went with that because it kind of plays off of the green dragon as well because they have like the you know the poison resistance and poison breath and stuff like that. So the swamp I felt like was pretty good just because like they have the acid arrow and darkness and stuff like that. And I felt like it kind of like meshed well with his familiar and that kind of being how he kind of became in tuned with nature is because he made this bond with this little bitty green dragon that got discarded. So like I think the other thing about it though is like he has a scimitar. He doesn't have a shield. He just has like 
a couple throwing daggers. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know, because I can build whatever I want. I think uh, as this little dragon started getting a little bit bigger as he grew up, all the scales that fell off him are part of my hide armor. So I kind of have scale mail. Okay. But instead of scale mail, it's leather armor, but like with a plus two to it. Oh, so just as you're, you're like, as I'm piecing it together. Right as he's shedding his scales i'm slowly making scale mail but it's not that strong yet because i'm only level one see i nerfed myself mike i nerfed myself because because your ideas are like i already have a magical creature and a magical armor that i get to wear (laughs) from the get-go yeah but it's not that magical yet it won't be that magical until like level five I also just realized I never actually said when, what, like, what circle I have. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. What? Yeah. <laughs> so what, I have an idea of what you're going to do, but what did you pick? I kind of want you to guess, Mike. Oh, boy. I want to see how, how deep your knowledge goes. This might give you a little experience points. It's got to be. So for, so for me, yeah. uh-huh. if you were always traveling... And that was always a thing. And you always enjoyed being out. I would pick. I would think that you would want circle of stars. Because doesn't that one have, doesn't that one have the, like, you can make like a dome where no one can like see you. It does. So it has a few different things when it comes to like circle of the stars. And then you get to be like this awesome, like celestial star person right. that's like super yes. powerful but that that also isn't the basic circles of land mike well mine right. isn't the one that i picked yeah wildfire that comes from a right. different. i'm just saying yeah. i feel like no fine then be that way <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna go with well, water genasi is not from basic either yeah it's not it's but from I, like did, did you go with coast unearthed arcana or whatever oh, okay. or the okay what no, I did not do coast. Kasha's cauldron. Um, so I still went from like kind of sort of basic. Um, I actually went with the circle of the moon. Okay. Okay. Um, which so you were close. Also, uh, you really were like one, were, one expansion away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I did look at circle of the stars. I'm like I'm like that's amazing. Sounds so like, awesome. I know. It's I was so awesome. Um. But I went with Circle of the Moon for one specific reason. Is that Genasis are elemental bred, kind of like descendants. Mm-hmm. And with Circle of the Moon, with your wild shape, you can actually transform into elementals. Yeah. Mm. So it makes that bridge point. Of, there we go. Yeah. More yeah. technical than... Well, you, awesome. you turn into an elemental. I'm going to be riding a green dragon. <laughs> oh, Ooh. oh no, trust me. At, at some point, I will be actually able to turn into a green dragon, but it's like level 20. Uh, yeah, when you have I, wild shapes. I was going to yeah. say, well, I would, see, that's one thing that I'm not sure about wild shape because I don't fully understand the math that goes behind, <laughs> behind it. It's well, like it, you can... you. 
you can change into a creature that has like half your level plus like modifiers yeah. as it a combat depends. rating. It, it depends, depends on your yeah. Yeah. So that's also the cool thing about Circle of the Moon is that from the get-go, you have kind of no real hindrance, mm. if I read it correctly, is that you can change into a challenge rating of one at the beginning of Wild Shape. It's also a bonus action. Well, it depends. There, mm. Yeah. It, see, that, that's, the cool thing. that's the thing. Whenever it comes to Wild Shape, it, a lot of it depends on, one, the DM, and two, how they decipher the math. Yeah. Because that, that's, that's the trickiest thing about being a druid is the wild shape. And when you're allowed to do this, when you're allowed to do that, even if you are, even if you can change into a wolf, you don't have any swimming speed or anything like that. There's always going to be a downside because you're not changing into the actual animal. You're changing into the form of the animal. So you don't necessarily have their innate instincts. Right, but your your hit points change accordingly, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay, it's you. You basically it's change, weird. You're taking a shape of something to get some of their perks, but you don't get all of their perks. Yeah, you get like their physical shape perks, but you don't get their like mental or like right mental perks that they would have yeah. the instinctual perks, right? Or instincts, yeah. And there's also some things about Circle of the Moon, even though I chose it, that people in, like say that it's like a completely broken circle. Mm-hmm. Um, it does seem pretty broke. Yeah, it's like <laughs> everything's broken also, unless it's been restrained by something. Yeah. Original 5e, you had Circle of the Land, you had Circle of the Moon. Uh, most people that I know that who played Druids played sort of the land because it gave you so much more information. Well, it was more and flushed also, out. Yeah. And also in a way gave you a few more perks because you get certain spells. that are just like free spells to add mm. to your spell list. Right. Right. Cause you get the uh, bonus cantrips and stuff. Bonus cantrips. You get bonus spells per like every like the top of my head, two, like three levels first, yeah. third, fifth, ninth and 12th. You get an additional two spells to each that you can just have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To expand your list. So first time players, I'm like, yeah, no, I want more spells. That's yeah, that's 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 really why I went with wildfire too, is because it was that was how it was where whenever you hit certain level marks, you mm-hmm. get you just automatically get these like two spells that you know. So yeah. it's like really cool that you can have those and then they're always prepared once you gain access you don't it doesn't count against the other spells that you have so in theory you could have like you know 14 spells memorized and known that you can use when you're level 10 or something yeah mine was just he was a cat that was high in just, the swamp with a dragon just really really wanted to make it work so you could have a friggin dragon yes <laughs> This is so, also like so, the hard part of spellcasting is that playing a spellcaster is there's so much to think about of yeah. how further you want to go in the campaign. Yeah, that's true. That that is the that is the struggle that I had because this is really my first big spellcaster that I've 
kind of built. The only thing that was anywhere close before was like a paladin, but it's like they don't really have spells per se. He smites. He got, yeah, he's got like smite. He's got like some other stuff, but it's like, it's not like and spell slots and then things smite. like that. Right. Smite then smite. Smite and then better smite. And then, and then harder and then smite. Great smite and then ha- and hardest then, smite. And then turn around. You're not right. wanted. <laughs> but um, Ethan, so your 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 kitty cat mm. is was your kitty cat like a runt? Is that something that is in the? No, he's oh, a tabaxi. Okay. He's just a wanderer. But he, I, he... I was I thought it would be kind of cool to have that as a backstory. I didn't know if you had built that in. No, it's like you found a runt. You were a runt, so that's no. why you're like he, so helpful. He, no, it was just he's a freaking cool looking lizard. And, and just I just am imagining it's like we had a bond. Yeah, out in the wild, your your character is like, hey, you know what, man? You're like a really cool looking lizard. I'm yeah. gonna try to change into you. Hold on. Basically. Basically that was the interaction, and they gave him <laughs> some some uh some raw jerky that he was about to like I shouldn't say raw jerky, it's just raw, raw meat. meat. That he was about to turn into jerky to put in his meat and fruit pouch, and like because he, the little little guy was like on death's door from being kicked out. Now they're just buds, and they they eat shrooms together. Just imagining the dragon on shrooms—that wouldn't be a good thing. Well, the, it helps that he's only like that big, like a. A slightly big weasel, the, right? The only fires he can set are like Was big enough mean? to set a twig on fire. His breath is poisonous. It's not fire. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. And because so my just, guy is like a swamp guy, and he's like has a slight immunity to poison, it's it's just flavoring <laughs> to their meals. Oh, oh, buddy. Oh, you did it again! You, you slimed did it me. again. Tastes like antifreeze. <laughs> oh. So I think we got some solid, solid builds here. Um, hmm. So why don't we get into Erica? I know you got some things to plug, and we'll, we'll wind down this uh, this uh, fire session. Yeah. So um, if you ever want to catch me on either Monday every once in a while or Tuesdays, I actually stream D and D with a channel called 5% chance. Um, I guest star on their flagship or flagship uh, game, which is called the Ash and shade committee. Um, and then okay. I'm a main player in the Waller rats uh, game. That is every other Tuesday um, with a bunch of kids that I went to college with. So if you want to watch a bunch of improv actors, sit around and have this amazing story that our DM Steve has created mm-hmm. uh, is awesome. And then Curtis who runs 5% chance is fantastic. Who DMs the Monday night game, but mm-hmm. that is kind of awesome. where you can catch me. Otherwise uh, that's cool. Well, if you guys ever need some one-off characters, <laughs> we're building them. We're, we got we're, them. we're building them. We got them. If you need a high tabaxi, 
There you go. Will, will the little dragon that wraps around his neck just let me know? Mm -hmm. I'll say quick asterisk. One of the first characters that I talked about with Curtis was actually a rogue tabaxi. Um, oh, there you, there go. you go. See? That was like multi-class in some weird way. Uh, but I was like, like I want to play this so bad. <laughs> I was like, I love tabaxi as a class, as a race. So <laughs> the one thing that like I almost always want to do is like multi-class into rogue just for like one level. Just... Just for just the so bonuses. Great, just for a couple bonuses. It's just like, I just want to like pick some locks and be more stealthy. Yeah. Like I will say it. that for both of these games that I play, I do not actually play a druid. I play a multi-class rogue cleric in both of them for different reasons. Interesting. Uh, True. Yes. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, so everybody out there, make sure you catch Erica. On yeah. these uh, amazing campaigns and uh, tune in for some enjoyment. Uh, oh, definitely, Mike. we'll have to get some. We'll have to get some links from you, uh, Erica, yeah. on those, and we'll put those in the show notes. For sure. Um, you know, it was thanks again so much for coming out. We really appreciate it. Um, it's good to see you again. Uh, you know, haven't seen each other for a while, and it was good to kind Many of years. nerd out a little bit and <laughs> get some cool characters built. And, um, you know, everybody that's listening, you know, again, thank you so much for tuning in, listening to the podcast. Um, you know, as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever else you use out there. I know there's a lot. So just just listen somehow. We appreciate it. Um, you can uh, leave us a review and find us on Instagram at the fireside on Twitter at the fireside uh, and come chat with us on discord by going to bit.ly at fireside discord. And we'll have all those links in the show notes as well. So, you know, Ethan, Erica, thank you so much. It's been a great night. Go ahead and take it away. All right, everybody. Like I said, Erica, thanks again. Those great druid builds we had today. We'll get those up on Discord as soon as we figure out all those logistics, especially with the other builds that we have. And we hope to see you all around the fire again. Bye. Thanks for having me.